Hello everyone, I'm Stuart Spinks and this is Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A podcast, in fact, designed for a beekeeper just like me. I have a really inquisitive nature, always wanting to learn more, work out how something works and why. It could be the life cycle of a drone or a particular queen rearing method. I just find myself wanting to know more. But as much as I'm inquisitive, I find my attention span is quite short-lived and something else will attract my attention and I'll get drawn elsewhere. And that's where this podcast comes in. I hope you'll enjoy with me some of the topics that I have lined up for the coming weeks and months. And as we move forward, I'm hoping I might gain some business sponsors for the podcast. So you may well hear a short advertising comment at the beginning and end of each podcast. If you feel you can support those sponsors, please do and let them know you heard about them from me. For now, I'll just drop in a quick advert of my own to promote our Patreon group or my online courses, which I know you'll all be aware of. For those of you not yet familiar with my Patreon page, these podcasts have already been published on Patreon for my very generous sponsors, and if you'd like to know more, please do check out my page online at www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. So for all my patron listeners, welcome to episode one, which I'm calling my monthly roundup, Once a month, I'm going to be outlining the tasks I'm trying to accomplish and look forward to jobs planned for the next month. And as we move through the season, hopefully it may give you a prompt or two reminding you of a job that you've got planned or maybe spark an idea of something that you'd like to try out but had forgotten about. So it's early February and you all know I'm heavily involved with promoting my Patreon page and my new online course for beginner beekeepers. And that's left me a little short on time to get round all of the apiaries and see how things are looking. But I've been out and about and here are some of my thoughts on what I've seen. This is the month I probably worry about most. Colonies find a little warm sunshine and break cluster, but the cold weather soon brings them back to a huddle and the possibility of starvation looms. Honeybees use up energy on cleansing flights and need to replace that lost energy somehow, and obviously they have their food stores immediately around the small brood nest that they have. This can have the effect of reducing food stores rapidly in some instances, where the subspecies of bee is less frugal than others. Local strains of honeybees is something else that I'd like to share with you, but I'll save that for another podcast. The reduction in food stores around the slowly expanding brood nest can lead to the isolation of the colony from the food source. The bees are reluctant to move far from the brood because it will chill and die, and if the weather stays cold for a prolonged period of time, it can cause the death of the colony. It happened to one of my colonies last year. Hefting can help, but if they have plenty of stores but are separated from the stores, You may think that the bees have got enough food because the weight of the hive is still fairly high. But when you pop the roof off in the spring, you find the honeybees in the classic starvation position, heads buried into the bottom of the cells, desperately trying to find 
that last morsel of food before eventually they perish. It's not a nice sight, but it is avoidable. I like to pop a small amount of fondant on the crime board before the bees get too tightly clustered, as they can then position themselves close to the fondant. If you fear that they are isolated, you can either place a thin slab of fondant directly on the top bars of the brood frames, which I've done in a couple of instances this winter, or you could move an outside frame of food so that it's directly touching the side of the cluster. I prefer the first method as it causes less disturbance, I find, and then I'll check them again a week later to see if they're using the fondant and top it up where necessary. While I'm in the apiaries, I'm on the lookout for two visitors that I really don't uh, like to see in my apiaries. One is the green woodpecker, and here in the UK they have a fondness for the beehive, and once the ground is frozen, uh, they can't get to their natural food source, and so they turn to uh, any other food source that they can find. And once they learn how to punch a hole in the side of your beehive, you're going to have a problem for as long as the green woodpecker is around your apiary. The simple solution is to wrap the hive in something to prevent access. I use chicken wire, which is quick and affordable. And for poly hives, remember that you also need to protect the top of the roof. The other visitor that we sometimes have in our apiaries is the mouse. And I have had occasion where I've not put a mouse guard on the front of a beehive and as a result I've had a mouse incursion and uh, it always makes me jump when I start opening up a beehive and find that the bees are dead but there's something moving around in the bottom and before you know it there's a rather frightened rodent shooting at the front entrance of the beehive, pulling its tail behind it and uh, scaring the life out of this beekeeper. So Mouse guards are a good investment, they're affordable and will prevent that uh, issue from happening. And while you're around the beehive, it doesn't take uh, more than a couple of seconds really to just have a quick look at the entrance, make sure that it's clear, especially if you have got a mouse guard fitted, because the bees may be trying to remove dead bees and if they can't get them through the mouse guard, then they could pile up against the entrance and uh, subsequently block that entrance. So just have a quick look to make sure that the entrance is clear. You can see that if bees are flying in and out on a, a warm winter's day, and uh, that will just alert you to the fact that if there are no bees flying, you can just simply pop off the uh, mouse guard and have a quick look and make sure that the entrance is clear. For me, here in Norfolk in the UK, we never really have that much snow that the bees require a top entrance, and I know that in some countries top entrances are the norm for the winter uh, but if we do get any heavy snowfall then I will occasionally walk around and just clear the entrance of any snow. Uh, again you may find that on very sunny days if you've had snowfall the bees will fly out go on a cleansing flight but unfortunately because it's so cold when they land back near the hive they're on the snow that chills them and unfortunately they die on the snow and it's the brightness of the snow that tends to lead them out from the hive into the uh, the chilly atmosphere that's outside. Other than that there's not really much to do around the apiary. Uh, I still have a great deal of beekeeping equipment to clean and get ready but I've got some 
excellent help. Pete, thank you very much for your help in preparing all of the equipment that we've got ready for the new season. And finally, we're fast approaching our trade show time of year. We've got uh, two in particular in the spring. The first is called B Tradex and is held at Stoneley Park in Warwickshire. It's billed as the biggest beekeeping show in the UK and is on the 3rd of March this year. And it has all of the major suppliers present and some of them usually put on some really good bargains. So there's always equipment to be had and lots of lectures on a wide range of topics. This year in particular, there's going to be a talk on the British Black Bee and also our National Bee Unit is going to give a presentation on the current status of the Asian Hornet. So that will be really interesting to get an update on how the situation is with the Asian Hornet. And if you want more information, just search btradex.co.uk on the internet and that will take you to their website. The British Beekeeping Association again hosts its spring convention. Uh, it's in April this year on the 13th, 14th and 15th of April. And that's held in the grounds of the Harper Adams University Newport in Shropshire. And that's an excellent spring convention for beekeepers to attend. I've been there many times. They have lots of lectures uh, absolutely loads of workshops and uh, again a trade show which is always good and there are always bargains to be had. If you're interested in finding out more about the BBKA convention then take a look at the BBKA website which is bbka.org.uk and then just navigate through to the spring convention. And my top tip for both of these trade shows is always take a list of the things that you want to buy because if you don't you'll end up with an item of equipment that on the day you saw and fell in love with and thought that that was exactly what you needed and then it will sit in the shed gathering dust and you'll forget the reason you bought it in the first place and of course I speak from personal experience I've got several pieces of equipment that actually I have no idea why I purchased in the first place so uh, be warned. So as we look forward to March I would continue to check the food reserves and if you need to top up their feed don't be in too big a hurry to add sugar syrup. I would stick with the fondant to start with and don't be in too big a hurry to carry out an inspection. The weather can still be chilly and you really need it to be up around 15 degrees so that the bees don't get chilled and the brood doesn't die. I like to have a clean brood box and floor ready to do a swap out in the spring and carry out a little bit of spring cleaning. And I'll also check for varroa drop rates and be prepared to carry out another treatment if I need to. If we have an extremely mild March, then there is always the chance that the bees could expand very rapidly so make sure that you've got equipment to hand ready in case you start seeing drones because drones are going to be a sure signal that the bees are going to be preparing to swarm in the very near future. Finally, just make sure that you have all of your equipment ready to go for the start of the new season. Make sure that your hive tools are nicely cleaned, the smoker is cleaned and that your bee suit is in a good state of repair and there are no little holes in the veil 
where bees can get through and cause you some discomfort. Don't forget to keep watching my videos on Patreon and YouTube and just swat up on any of the techniques that you might be looking to employ as the season begins. And then you'll be absolutely prepared and ready for when the new season starts. Well, that's it for my monthly roundup for February. I hope you find it interesting and please do keep the comments coming. I'm Stuart Spinks and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Mm -hmm.